obviously a lot is uncertain right now, but one thing is sure, and it's that cancer isn't going to stop just because there's a global crisis going on. So on Saturday, June 13th, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society will host a trailblazing event, Big Virtual Climb, sponsored by AbbVie to support their investment in groundbreaking research to advance blood cancer cures and its first-in-class patient education and services, including financial support and clinical trial navigation. Step up to take cancer down by climbing 61 floors or 1,762 steps. Inside or outside, on stairs, on the road, on your treadmill, climb your way. Join us for an opening ceremony and then take on your climb with our heart-pumping playlist. Join us on June 13th from coast to coast as we come together to climb, conquer, cure. Register at lls.org slash bigclimb. Hey folks, welcome in. It's on to Waveland. It is the Cubs podcast here at The Athletic. I am Brett Taylor, joined by Patrick Mooney. We are Sands Saharadev Sharma this time around, and I was going to be extremely gracious about his absence. Um, you know, sometimes it's just uh, me and Mooney doing it. Sometimes it's me and Saharadev. Sometimes it's just Mooney and Saharadev. It's no big deal. But our producer, Adam, who is a very cool dude, great at what he does, but uh, he wanted to stick some knives in, you know, before we started recording. He's like, hey, have you guys noticed that uh, Sahadif seems to have a lot of bathroom issues uh, that preclude him from recording sometimes? Now, I want to clarify, importantly, that when Adam mentioned bathroom issues, it, it, it's, it refers to it like a plumbing. Like, I think, think Sahadif had a leak issue. So, like, you know, Godspeed with that. Hope it goes well. Uh, but I just I wanted to note for everyone, for the record, that it was our producer, Adam who, you know, raised some some dubiosity about uh, Sahadev's absence and the frequency with which it seems to be, you know, a plumbing this or a bathroom tile that that uh, precludes him. So, hey, Sahadev, hope you're listening. So (laughs) take that, Adam. He's going to he's going to cut all this out. So anyway, like I said, we're without Sahadev, but good stuff. We (laughs) We have a uh, wonderful guest joining us. It's Tony Androcki from the Marquee Sports Network, uh, and he was good enough to spend some time with us so we can chat some Cubs. Uh, thank you for joining us, Tony. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. So, like I said, Tony is at the Marquee Sports Network after a long time at NBC Sports Chicago. And, I, I mean, let's let's start there. We'll get to baseball. We'll get to Cubs momentarily. But I just wanted to say... Uh, you know, congrats on the move. Obviously, an extraordinarily odd time uh, for you, I would imagine, for this transition to be taking place. Um, how how are you doing? How, you know, personally, professionally, all that good stuff right now? Like, how has this transition looked for you? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I was just actually paying, like, looking at it yesterday um, with the Memorial Day weekend ending that, this is week 11 for me working from home, uh, quarantine starting out. And I spent only about seven or eight weeks working at the marquee office. So I've been a marquee employee. And for more than half of that time, I've been working from home and I've not seen one person that I've worked with. So uh, it's, it's been very, very weird. What, so, you know, obviously we know that you're still working on the content side even away, but I think maybe more interesting to folks 
as we think ahead to the possibility of baseball, do you yet have a sense for what um, your gig and your life is going to look like if and when baseball returns, sort of fan-free, broadcast only? Do you, do you know what that's going to look like for you? Oh, man, I really wish I did. Um, I, I don't know what baseball is going to look like, you know. I mean, I, I just obviously I hope that there's a season to some extent. Um, and, yeah, it, it looks like there's probably not going to be fans, at least to start. So then TV is going to be all the more important. I, but I don't know. I don't know what that means for us from the media and, and you know, access to players. Um, I don't know what that means, you know, on the TV broadcast side of it as well. Um, I'm really just anxious to get baseball back. I, I hope it comes back, you know, very quickly. Um, but that, and it's just the safety, a matter of safety for everybody who's, you know, working to try to shoot the games and all the athletes themselves and their families and umpires and coaches and so on. Uh, I, I don't have all the answers to all the safety questions. I, I just feel like this picture is, is not clear yet. Um, you know, obviously hoping that it will be soon, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know what my job specifically is going to look like uh, even a month from now. Yeah. Well, Mooney, I'm curious, like, have you, it, it's weird, I'm sure. It, well, it's weird to say it out loud, I guess, to be thinking about like, okay, what is this world going to look like for me personally and professionally if and when there's baseball back? But like, we're humans. This is what we do. Um, I think we're allowed to think about it. Have you been thinking about it, Mooney, about like, okay, what is my life going to look like, uh, you know, if and when baseball comes back? Like, have you already started mentally preparing for those differences? Or are you just like, nope, not going to not going to let myself get there because we don't know what's going to happen. And so just try to divorce that entirely from your mind. Well, Brett, as you know, I'm a totally self-absorbed narcissist. So I'm thinking about what this means to me personally, 24 <laughs> seven, but uh, yes. Yes. no, kind of in the same boat as Tony of like, you know, we have not been told what uh, sort of media access, if at all, will be uh, available. Uh, that is clearly uh, very low on the priority list between uh the owners uh, and the players union, but I think both sides in their own ways have recognized the importance of media being there. And I think in talking to some of my uh, various colleagues uh, and <clears throat> reading some of our internal communications that, uh, you know, one person hears one thing from one official and gets their hopes up. Another person hears something from another team uh, and thinks there's going to be nothing. Uh, I'd imagine uh, that at some point, um, you know, after assuming they do reach an agreement on the, the health and the safety and the economics, that um, there would be some sort of, you know, carve out for media, you know, some guideline to figure out what is and is not possible. I don't think anyone uh, is <clears throat> anticipating clubhouse access. Uh, that's That was already cut short <clears throat> in March. Uh, a couple days before the shutdown, which made total sense, except for the fact that, you know, they were selling thousands and thousands of tickets to spring training games at the exact uh, same time. But um, yeah, I'm just curious, Tony, from, from your perspective, what, you know, Wrigleyville very well, how, I don't know, surreal is it being kind of in, in this neighborhood now and not seeing kind of Wrigley, uh, you know, at, at full force in, in April and May. Yeah, it is very weird. I, I keep, um, I keep thinking it's like 
the off season, you know, and it's, it was easy enough to do, you know, thanks to Chicago weather, it was easy enough to do for like almost all of April. But now, especially with like the recent warm weather and, you know, gorgeous Memorial Day weekend and so on, it just, it, it was like, it, it feels so foreign. I don't really know how to even put it into words, like seeing that the first Memorial Day without a Major League Baseball game since 1880. And to just think about the, the magnitude of the situation from the baseball lens, from the, the lens that we, we plan our lives around these games, you know, I mean, via work or, or fans or, or so on, these players. So it just feels so weird without it. And it, and it does feel weird to not, you know, it's like the Cubs are on the longest road trip of their lives. Like it just feels like they're gone that they're on, you know, in St. Louis and or on a West Coast trip or something like that. But it's been like that for two months, not like two weeks. So I can't really rack my brain around that. All right, folks, I want to talk to you for a minute about something deeply important. Smell, because smell is important. We want to smell good. You know, maybe you spritz on a little cologne and you smell good. Well, I want to talk to you about Hawthorne. OK, so see, they got this deal where they can help you figure out the cologne that's going to be right for you. OK, so like do you ever get uh, you know particular uh, comments from people about like what smells good coming off your body? Because see, our bodies process the scents a little bit differently, right? So what you can do is there's going to be a quick two-minute quiz at Hawthorne, and it's going to tell you the two colognes that are the best fit for you personally. One is for work. One is for play. See, so you want to smell good at both, right? Uh, it's totally risk-free free shipping, free returns, all that good stuff. So you're going to want to check this out. Uh, go to hawthorne.co. That's hawthorne with an E and .co, not .com. Okay, hawthorne.co. And use the promo code ATHLETIC to get 10% off your first purchase. So go to hawthorne.co, use the promo code ATHLETIC, get 10% off your first purchase, figure out how to smell good. They're going to help you with that. Hawthorne.co. Am I allowed to insert the joke about the Cubs being stuck in St. Louis for two plus months on a road trip? Like, is that is that bad taste, too hacky? I feel like I couldn't let that hang with it without at least acknowledging it. But um, yeah, I mean, I think I think that's a good point. I hadn't really considered the relationship between um, the weather almost and just like the ability to shut our minds down from like, okay, it's an extended hiatus. The season didn't debut. It's not like it uh, started and shut down in terms of the regular season. And it's like, okay, it's just still a long, long winter. And then you do sort of unconsciously that transition from, okay, weather's turning. I'm outside. I'm walking around the sights, the sounds, the smells, what you would normally expect. And it is very dissonant to, um, <laughs> not experience what we're used to experiencing. And even in a, uh, even in a world where baseball does happen, you know, I should, guess I should note here, the, the conversations are ongoing right now between major league baseball and the players about trying to get a financial deal in place. That makes sense. A health and safety protocol. That's going to make sense. And the hoped for timeline would have a resumption of spring training in mid June, um, regular season starting again without fans in early July. Let's let's imagine a scenario where that happens, and we're going to have games. They're going to be uh, broadcast only. They're going to come after this extended hiatus and brief resumption of spring training. When you think about a season happening, Tony, what is the or some of the storylines from a Cubs perspective? And this can be like on-field player stuff. It can be sort of bigger picture meta stuff. 
like, what do you start thinking about when you're like, okay, it, it, say it happens. There's a plan. The season's coming back. How do I get, what, where am I <laughs> wrapping my head around is like, okay, a season's coming. What are we going to talk <laughs> about as it relates to the Cubs? Yeah, great question. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like it's a step-by-step thing, right? Like it's the First step is, okay, season's coming. Well, how is spring training coming? Is it going to be at Wrigley Field? Is it going to be in Arizona? And how does that work? Um, how will we as Marquee Sports Network cover that? Uh, what role will I play in that? So I feel like that, you know, will be like the first kind of questions that, that I'll have to be answered with my colleagues and I. And then, you know, yeah, you're right with this team. I mean, David Ross is managing his first season. And before he even got to manage, he was sick and in the hospital back in February. And then now before he's been able to manage a regular season game, he is having a two plus, you know, probably more like three to four month uh, layoff at at the beginning before the regular season even starts. So like, that's just so weird. And I, you know, is he going to be the guy that's going to be able to corral everybody together? I mean, everything points to yes. And him being the, the guy that can rally everybody, can inspire everybody. But I also think there could be an advantage in the sense that he's not like set in his ways. You know, Joe Madden had a, had a way to look at Memorial day weekend or look at um, the way he was handling pitchers or position players or getting guys like Bryant or Javi off their feet in June. Russ doesn't have that yet. Cause he hasn't established those habits or thoughts or mindsets of it all. Um, so without, out those plans in place, I'm really, really curious to see how Ross will handle this and the flexibility needed from him specifically to kind of usher this team into this new era. Yeah, Tony, I was, I was just curious your thoughts on we all kind of knew time was running out uh, on this group, even under normal normal set circumstances, we would have been had the, the daily kind of, uh, you know, trade deadline calculus of, you know, which way is Theo leaning and where are their scouts, you know, kind of being uh, deployed. Have you kind of thought about that? I don't know. And watching, you know, the last dance and and stuff like that of kind of where, assuming there is a season where the Cubs go from here and maybe kind of that, that runway that we thought was going to be years and years and years is kind of maybe, you know, disappearing uh, underneath them. Yeah, it is a weird thought, and especially even like the John Lester era. I mean, he has, you know, that vesting option yeah. um, or the mutual option for next season, but this could potentially be his last season in Chicago. So it's like weird to think about that, that his last season in Chicago is a shortened half year, you know, more or, or like than what a regular season is. And yeah, I mean, you're looking at, you know, even if obviously the all the trade rumors surrounding Bryant and now there's only a year and a half or so left before he hits free agency. Um, you know, Javi, Rizzo, Schwarber, those guys as well. Contreras only has a co- another year left after that. So it is it, like I like the last dance comparison because it is similar to that. Um, you know, I, I, it, it's, it's hard to think about that, though, because it is so far away in, in a shortened season. I mean, anything can happen like a, a team could get hot. Like, I don't know if the pirates would truly be in it but like if they got hot for the first 30 games in say an 82 game season like all of a sudden they're kind of contenders you know so like the the cubs don't have they need that sense of urgency that they've been you know talking about missing for the last couple years they desperately need that this year if they're going to do something with you know a year year and a half left in this contention window so i think that this winter certainly is going to be fascinating and to see all the kind of ripple effects from this 
shortened season again, hoping that we have it and, you know, the hypothetical of that, but just in general, like what the Cubs do with all of these pieces, as you mentioned. Yeah, I think a lot about um, because everything's going to be so unusual this year. Um, obviously, the Cubs had some best laid plans about what this year was going to look like in terms of uh, really competing in the first half. And if it's not there, aggressively selling perhaps at midseason, both for luxury tax purposes and um, also to smooth that post-2021 cliff. Remember all that stuff. Uh, a lot of that's just kind of out the window now. And I think about because there is so much uncertainty and because you just flat out cannot, I don't think you can have a good organizational plan right now beyond the basics. And that is uh, having good players playing good baseball. And I, and I actually don't mean to oversimplify that because I think about the other big thing that the Cubs were doing this year and in the run-up to this year was really fundamentally overhauling their player development structure. And uh, I think about how critical that's going to be now for all teams because there's, you're not going to be able to make plans on the financial side because I really do believe there's going to be some substantial disruption for all teams. And so the ability to have um, really, really significant contributors percolating up in the next year or two is going to be really critical for all teams, but especially for the Cubs where they haven't gotten those contributions the last few years. And now... They had invested so heavily on that side, finally, had really taken a hard look at themselves post-World Series to say, okay, where were we falling short? Where were we no longer at the front of the market? And, you know, they make really significant changes over the past 12 to 18 months. And then the first year to have that fully in force, not only is the season shut down, but we're probably not going to have a minor league season. So I, I don't know how you even frame the loss of that at a time when that's going to be so critical. Like, uh, you guys think about that at all? Like, that, uh, boy, that, that really sucks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, think, I think it's just this head above water mentality, right? Like, you're just, you're just churning water and, and trying to just keep your head above it. it. That's happening in so many walks of life. I mean, unemployment way up and all these different things. And personally, the thing I can compare it to is, you know, I'm trying to plan a wedding for next year and uh, it's, we're in the very early stages, but it's like, you know, are we going to be able to have a wedding? It's like, how do we plan anything after that without being able to answer that paramount question? And that's kind of what the Cubs are looking at. Like how, you know, how can they even look at 2021 when they need to know if they're going to have a season and how do they plan the roster and roster battles when they're not even hundred percent sure if they're going to have a season. So, you know, it's just, everybody's just trying to get from one moment to the next, I think. And, and the minor league point is really good point. I mean, everybody was looking in spring training, like, is Nico Horner going to make the team out of spring, you know, spring camp? Is he going to go down to AAA where he would play all the time? Well, that's not even an option now. So like Nico Horner, where exactly does he fit in this? If there is a shortened season, you imagine he'd be one of the 26, 28, 30 guys, however big the roster is. Um, but yeah, then his development and, and some of these other guys, um, you know, top prospects in the system and stuff. I, I really wonder that development, uh, and just in general, with no minor league season, with the fact that the, the roster is probably going to be expanded, it'll be really interesting to look at that, look at the bullpen, to see how this all plays out. Hey, Tony, I just wanted to circle back to something you had mentioned earlier in terms of the, the David Ross factor. In, with all this uncertainty, how do you think he's going to kind of uh, handle his this job? And what were your first uh 
impressions in Mesa? My first impressions were all about, I mean, like when we were down there, Patrick, and we saw the umpires there for, for live BP, I really liked that. And, and I liked the intensity and just um, from a visual standpoint too, for fans and for us in the media to get to see like Chris Bryant face John Lester in a live batting practice scenario like that, like that's really cool. And I did think it, it upped the level of intensity. And, and I do think that everybody had that mindset that we got to hit the ground running we have to get off to a great start this year, no matter what. And I believe that that's exactly the type of mindset that any team in a shortened season will need. You know, like we mentioned with the Pirates earlier, like if the Pirates got off to a good start, the Cubs absolutely have to get out to a good start. There's no other narrative besides that. There's not, you know, no other message that that Ross or his coaches or the Epstein front office could convey. They have to get out to a hot start if they're going to want want to make the playoffs. And and I think Ross is a guy to do that. I, th- I like the shakeup. I like his level of intensity, the level of passion. I mean, even to hear a guy like Kyle Hendricks talk about what Ross's impact was on him, I, I think that there's something to that. And there's a very real aspect of that, uh, you know, not, not denigrating Joe Madden or anything else. And no player did that. Nobody threw him under the bus. But the Ross intensity and fiery factor, I really think that can be good for the Cubs, especially with the landscape we're looking at right now. Yeah, I remember last year at this, well, God, see, I, I catch it too. I'm like, last year at this time, <laughs> no, it's actually May. It's not spring training right now. But last year in spring training, you know, the word was urgency. Remember that? Oh, boy, that was fun. And we got to say that a whole lot. But now, I mean, it really is going to be the case. It's, it, it is going to be a buzzword for every team, but it's going to be so accurate. I was looking at some of the standings last year after, um, you know, what uh, who, who was I looking at? I think the Nationals. I mean, everyone knows the Nationals had fallen way back and then, of course, came back and won the World Series. But at um, 81 games last year, 82 games last year, I mean, they were way out of it, way out of it. So it's, it is um, remarkable the extent to which, God, even your first 20 games are going to be so critical to setting the tone for your season. And, you know, baseball isn't really made that way, but that's just how it's potentially going to be. Uh, and now a uh, quick word from our sponsor. You know, we got we to gotta keep, keep the lights on here. So uh, check this out. Did you know 75% of us are walking around everyday life chronically dehydrated? Did you know that? Uh, we are suffering unnecessarily from headaches, energy slumps, poor focus, things like that. Have you noticed it in yourself? Doesn't have to be that way. Uh, Hydrant creates flavored electrolyte packets you mix directly into your water to make hydrating your body easy and delicious. Each rapid hydration mix has the four essential electrolytes that your body needs. That's sodium, potassium, magnesium, and zinc. For you chemistry peeps out there, uh, they help you hydrate quickly and stay hydrated all day. Hydrant is backed by research. The formula was developed by Oxford scientists to provide perfectly balanced, efficient hydration. There's no, uh, you know, like synthetic colors or artificial sweeteners or any of that stuff. It's a vegan formula and you can choose between three different uh, flavors or a variety pack. Hydrant starts at uh, just a buck a packet for a 30-day supply, and uh, you can save even more with a monthly subscription, and you can save even more if you use our promo code when you go to do your first order. So go to drinkhydrant.com, and you're going to use the promo code CUBS at checkout. How easy is that to remember? Uh, CUBS at checkout, drinkhydrant.com, get 25% off, boom, you're hydrated, and uh, we can get back to the show now. So let's let's wrap it on this then. And, and, and Mooney, you can answer this too if you if something pops to mind. But I'm mostly just putting Tony totally <laughs> on the spot. That's what happens when you're the guest. Go for you get, it. I like where you you're get going. You get the spot question where you're like, 
Yeah, where you're like, oh, shit, man, I didn't think about that. Come on. Uh, but here it is. So as it relates to a weird shortened season and in this time and space for the Cubs, give me one player whose arc and whose performance this year you are particularly interested in seeing uh, given all of the context. Oh, man. Uh, that is a really good put, put, put your guess on the spot question. Um, you know yeah. what? I'm going to say Nico Horner. I know I just talked about him a little bit ago, but I think his was going to be one of the most fascinating arcs of, of the Cubs 2020 season, no matter what, you know, this, this guy who, uh, is great bat to ball skills and, and ability to help a team win a game in so many different ways was, it was going to be a fascinating decision to, to see exactly how they made the roster fit coming out of camp in in March. But yeah, especially with you know a shortened season, I do imagine that Nico Horner is going to be one of the top guys on the, on the team on the whatever, however big the roster is. If we're looking at thirty players, and then just to see how he develops, if he's able to to carve out playing time, and uh, there's you know obviously the veterans at second base and, and Daniel Descalso and Jason Kipnis, and then even David Bodie too, and uh, Hernan Perez. Like there, there will be a lot of guys out there, so I will be fascinated to see how much Nico gets a chance to play how he builds off of that really strong three-week stretch in September. And then in general, like what he does to kind of carve himself out as the next core, right? Like we, we just talked about the window potentially closing with this current core. Nico Horner has the capability of being a, a staple of that next core. And this season, regardless of how long it is, I think he can he can stand to prove that a little bit, kind of solidify that more. You want it, Mooney? Is, that was good. I don't know. That's, that's, a, good, that's a good on-the-spot answer. Uh, that was, I'll put Tony on the spot one more time, uh, (laughs) as to wrap up, um, a marquee, you guys have put together a lot of, uh, kind of big name analysts, uh, a unique cross section of guys for, with Chicago ties through different eras of Cubs history. I was curious if there have been any, you know, funny moments or cool stories you can share about now kind of working with guys. Maybe you had either covered or like followed when you were a kid I'd, I'd put that to you and take any different way uh you you can yeah I, I think no specific story but Lou Pinella has been um incredible I mean I never <laughs> I never covered him he was you know before my time working in Chicago sports media here and but obviously you know growing up in this area I, I watched a lot of Lou press conferences a lot of uh um, Lou arguing with umpires and so on. And he's been a riot, you know, uh, in, down in spring training, he did a, a show for us and it was, uh, it was fantastic. And just getting to be able to watch that behind the scenes, Mark Grace, Doug Glanville, Ryan Dempster was on the panel with that too. Um, it was really cool. And, and to just hear all of his stories and his wisdom and perspective on the game. Um, and then I actually had an opportunity to chat with him recently uh, on the phone too, about, the land, current landscape that baseball is in. So um, I, he's just such an entertaining guy. So, I mean, it, Lou Pinella to, to be able to finally meet him and stuff after seeing him for a while was really cool. And I'm looking forward to a lot more analysis from him on Marquee Sports Network. Awesome stuff. Hopefully that'll be in uh, part and uh, parcel of a season that can happen this year. Uh, if it can happen safely and in a way that makes sense uh, financially for all the sides. And uh, obviously we'll, you know, keep folks posted on that process this week is likely to be a really significant one on the negotiating front. And I hope 
for uh, you, Tony, professionally, and for me as a consumer of uh, the things that you're doing at Marquee. I hope it happens, and I look forward to uh, what you're going to be putting together with a, you know an actual season underway. So fingers crossed on that. Uh, want to thank you so much for joining us, Tony, and thank all of you fine folks for listening to us. And we will be back with you later this week. Um, in the meantime, I do want to give a heads up to folks. Patrick and Sahad have put together a fantastic piece on David Ross and the transition to David Ross at The Athletic. Um, I, I don't know if it, that might be what we're discussing next time. I don't want to step on any toes. But even if we're not, go ahead and read it because it's awesome. And it's got some great anecdotes in there that I don't think we've heard before. So you'll want to check that out. And, and we'll be back at you later this week. Thank you, fine folks, for listening. Take care. Be safe. And uh, yeah, that is the conclusion. Goodbye. <laughs>